Welcome to another edition. Nice to see everybody. Uh, they have been starting at 7.53 p.m. in the chat room, so I'm not going back. So how are you doing, Lala? I'm great. How are you? Wonderful. So what we got cooking tonight? It's something I'm very interested in. I'm sure a lot of other people are. It's possession. It's spooky, but it's interesting, and it's real. It is real. Uh, we're going to talk about the three stages and some symptoms, and we I think we have a very good decree. What do you think? Very very All right, let's bring them in. We got Brandon, welcome, uh, Lon, <laughs> Blaine, and Mr. Murphy. Hello. Come on down. Hey, y'all. Hello. So, Lon. welcome. We'll start Hello, with Brandon. Uh, introduce yourself to everybody uh, who and what you are and what you do. What's up, everybody? And that was my co host, uh, the little gnome. Um, <laughs> so, my name is Brandon Cooper. I, um, I am with Supernatural Inc., Katie and Katie Stafford out of. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri. I also host Shaman Sundays on several different platforms. Uh, please come check me out. Awesome. Mr. Murphy. Yeah, so I don't belong to any kind of group. I'm kind of just like show up to podcasts. See if you need anybody, jump on in, say a few things, and then let me go. That's about it for me. <laughs> it reminds me of that song, Jump On It, right? That's right. Uh, Mr. That's right. Lon. I'm Lon Strickler from Phantoms of Monsters and Phantoms of Monsters 14 Research Team. And I write and I write and I write. I do that every day. <laughs> yes, you do. And you're good at it. And Mr. Blaine. My name is Blaine Rohan. I am an empath medium. I have been hearing and seeing spirits since I was four years old, so four, 54 years now. I am the co-host of Family Spirit on Brandon's Network, and I am also a shaman. And I am an author twice now. Oh, congratulations. Awesome. Well, welcome, everybody. Nice to have you. So, Obsession. Now, I do have some exes that are that way, but uh, <laughs> don't, we uh, don't we all? Uh, everybody's like, what, Grizzly? <laughs> Anyways, this is a very realistic and real subject. Uh, a lot of people don't like talking about it. What are your all's thoughts on it? You know, I, I think whenever we talk about... Uh, possession of any kind uh you know this is really in the in the mainstream right i mean they make movies about it people want to see this kind of stuff uh they're terrified of it right they're repulsed by it but they're also attracted to it as well which makes it a very interesting topic because this is one of those things that nobody wants to be possessed but everybody is interested in what possession actually is and mm. how you get out of such a state right um, it is it is forever going to be linked in the Judeo-Christian tradition. But we also have to understand in other cultures around the world, uh, we have possession happening as well, too. So it doesn't have to necessarily involve the demonic. And while we have Mr. Brandon here and uh, Mr. Blaine here, uh, who both work within the shamanic tradition, they understand as well that sometimes possession can be a welcomed thing as well, too. It can be enthusiastic, right? The God is within mm -hmm. you. So I think there's going to be a lot of different perspectives we're going to be looking at tonight. And, you know, I think it's a yeah. really good topic. Earlier, I was watching a show uh, and Father Kenneth Torres, doctor, he was on there and talking. And he is an exorcist with the Sol Solomonic Order of something, something. I'm sorry, Ken, if you're watching. But, uh, I mean, it was a really, really good uh, Judeo-Christian view on it. So, yeah, it's but but like you said, possess and I say this a lot, possession and obsession 
kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Very much. Uh, yeah, yes, think, they do. I think obsession is the key that unlocks the door mm -hmm. to possession. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Blame yep. line. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing they know they have to be willing. But one, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a minute. So. First of all, we got to find out if the person is having mental issues or if had has mental issues is on any kind of medication. Because uh, I've done some investigations where somebody said they were possessed to go to the house and she's got, you know, 15 bottles of crazy pills on her counter, you know, <laughs> right. and, and just make sure they're not hallucinating. Um, the one good thing that I could see, though, is since I can see energies, I can tell if the person is it's got another spirit attached to it because it's another form of energy. And I can also tell too, if they've been on something or they're, you know, maybe not all there in the head, you know? Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think so much of this is uh, psychological in so many ways, you know, um, I, I've dealt with mm -hmm. counseling for, for a lot of my adult life and a lot of people who claim that they are possessed or, um, uh, at least tormented by some sort of outside forces, uh, they're usually very strong within their faith and, uh, some mm -hmm. sort of trauma in their life makes them feel that they're not worthy of that faith. So then they turn to think that they are now getting oppressed by mm -hmm. that which they fear the most. And I, I've mm -hmm. seen this crop up in a lot of things. And, and we talked about obsession. This absolutely is uh, an obsessive compulsive disorder. Whenever your, your thoughts turn from good thoughts to evil thoughts. And that's a very hard thing mm -hmm. to, uh, to take care of at that point, because if the person thinks that they're possessed and they're think that they're not worthy of salvation, then you're dealing with a pretty strong psychological crisis at that, at that point. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Only a very small amount of people actually get possessed. From what I've researched, it's very, very small. Mm -hmm. But it happens all yep. over the world. It's not just one. It's not just the United sure. States or anything. Oh yeah. Um, but I. Yeah. It, it's a very rare phenomenon. I mean, right. that, that's basically it. I mean, most people, you know, when they talk about, well, I'm possessed. I've got a demon here, a demon there, demons everywhere. And uh, <laughs> are very rare. I've only ever been involved with one possession that I believe was actually a possession. Uh, oppression, sure. I mean, we get a lot of, I've had a lot of those over the years. Uh, you know, really bad poltergeist manifestations and, and such for somebody will believe it's a, a, an actual possession, though it's not. Um, but the main thing you got to remember is it's a very rare phenomenon. And uh, I, I think when we start getting to a point in a case and such where there is an actual possession, um, I think it needs to be turned over to those who are actually uh, known to take care of that. And I'm talking about using the Catholic rites and such, though I'm not a religious person. I, I believe that's the best avenue because, quite frankly, when you're getting into something like that, and look, I, I've done, I've done enough remote views and such in, in, in actual uh, CRVs where, you know, you get a psychic attack. When if you get a possession and you're in, involved with an RV and a psychic attack happens, you're gonna you're gonna really feel it. I mean, you know, I've already felt a lot of it but you're going to get yourself in trouble and it's not something you can easily back yourself out of. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, when it comes to actual possessions, I think it's something that people who know what they're really supposed to be doing do that. How how did you know that the person was possessed? What signs well, did you see? So there's three stages, uh, manifestation and infestation. Uh, second part is oppression. And the third stage is full uh, possession. Uh, now, some can I... Some, yeah, Can ahead. I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. <clears throat> now, there's some people that believe there are actually four stages of possession. Some do. That is you know, and I did. I wanted to throw out that if you are of the uh, Christian faith or the, the Catholic side, they believe in four. But anyone that you believe in, obsession is your last stage before possession. Okay. Um. And in many opinions, and I, I, again, I apologize for cutting you off, Grizz. No, um, absolutely. But I, I just wanted to make sure because, you know, there's several, a lot of people out there that believe in the four steps and the three steps. But obsession, once you get to that part, it's it's a dangerous, slippery road. Are you sure <laughs> it's not obsession in possession? Let me look. Yeah, check that. Uh, I could be look, wrong. Yeah, let me uh, okay, so, so infestation, oppression, oppression, mm -hmm. obsession, and then possession for okay, the, the right. four. Okay, mm -hmm. so some of the things that uh, I look for, I don't know where you all stand, uh, some of the things, biblical reference, and because of my nature and my study, uh, number one is different voices, uh, different personalities, new abilities, and supernatural knowledges. Now, each one of those can be tested with theories and so forth. Uh, what are your all thoughts? Um, well, most of them I've come across are full possessions. They've just been attachments. Uh, I think I've like, like Lon said, I've only been had one that was actually a full possession because he had the, the different eye color, his eyes. I watched his eyes change color. I watched his eyes oh. blink inside out. It was pretty wicked to see it. It was like, Damn, this dude's well, like a snake or something. And it's like, if you said any, and it was funny, it, it could have been a Christian word, a Jewish word, a Native American word, anything that had positive energy to it, he would go ballistic. And when we did the exorcism on him, we had to strap him down. This dude was a pretty big guy. He was like, I, I'm like 6'3 and 270. This dude was bigger than me. He was like 6'5", like 301, and just big, strong country boy, you know, big corn-fed country boy, just, just huge. And it took six big men my size. We strapped him down. Uh, we held him down, and it took, jeez, probably about four hours to get just the first level off of him. And then it took about another three or four hours to get the, the rest of the little minions, as I called them, that were still hanging on. Yeah, because yeah, they, I thought they all, there was only one demon, but I've been hearing that they come oh, in packs. No. There are legions. If you listen, they, say, they will say legion, which means, yes. you go back to the Roman army, legions were what, a uh, um, hundred? Or a thousand, I can't remember. A thousand. But yeah, thousands. There was a, there was a multiple, multiple of them. Mm -hmm. So uh, now, have you ever did the water test before on somebody? I have. That was very interesting. What? 
water test where they think you're using holy water and you're not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, we actually did. We actually just took water out of a drinking bottle yes. and told him it was holy water and just splashed it on him. It was like I had set him on fire when I did that. And I looked right at him and goes, that was just real regular water. He said, and I remember his voice changes. You think you could deceive me? I said, I just did. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I would have yeah. read. But see... Yeah, one of the things I do, though, I don't play fair because they don't play fair. Not only do I, I don't use my own energy ever, I call upon universe, which, which is always energy around. And I have two animal guides that come around me. I have a spirit guide, and I have unlimited number of tribes and that I can use to do battle. And so I'll get the stuff started, and when it gets out of hand, I call upon, hey, Janawa, Bear Wolf. Uh, give me about 300 tribes, Native American. Okay, give me 300 tribes of of Greek soldiers, blah, blah, whatever I want to use. Sometimes I'll throw multiples at them. It's fun to watch them because they're like, they really don't like it when I show up to places. <laughs> Interesting. Now, <clears throat> there's a, there's a, a train of thought that I've, I've, I've looked into, it's not mine, but it's an opinion that if a person of clergy or sh shaman, uh, a shaman or somebody that is a minister, they can make that water holy by holding it. Mm -hmm. Just there throwing are... that out there because I've heard it. I don't necessarily follow that. However, you know, it's out there. There are certain prayers that you can pray over water to bless it. Yes. Uh, but my thing is, is how good is your faith? Right. Is that always goes back to that question. Uh, I don't depend on anybody's faith. Right. Uh, so the holy water I get is for from a local Catholic church. It is blessed. Uh, can I bless water? Yes, I have blessed water in the past. Uh, yeah. When I don't have it. But when I go somewhere, I carry gallons of holy water. So that's just me. Awesome. I, I guess the big, the biggest question I've got is, do you have to be a person of faith, religious or, or whatever, to believe in the dogma to actually take care of uh, some type of possession? Though it, some people say it's a demon. I don't necessarily believe in demons. I just believe evil is evil. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, if you've got an entity that has, you know, malevolent and has, uh, has bad intention, does it require having faith? Does it require having uh, some type of religious background? You know, I I can't necessarily say that I have exercised anybody. I have moved things along. Mm -hmm. I have moved these energies along in certain cases. But it's not a matter of faith. Look, I believe in angels. I, I believe in, entirely in angels. And I use angels. But I don't believe angels are a religious being. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think they are a non-human being that has, comes from another realm, another level. Mm -hmm. They're around us all the time. We use them all the time without even knowing so. But uh, I, I, I just wonder how many people really believe that you've got to have some type of um, religious faith uh, to be able to uh, 
to help someone who's got a possession or oppression or such, or they're just an attachment. I would take the word religious off of it and just say faith. Mm -hmm. I think you have yeah. to have faith in something higher. Doesn't yeah. have to be religious per se. It could be faith in in goodness or something. But right. as Lauren yeah. said earlier, that's right. Just goodness. The idea we know that goodness exists, right? We see it every day, and we know that evil exists because we see that every day as well, too. And the yep. idea that we can somehow uh uh, conjure goodness to 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 fight alongside with us. I mean, I think that that's uh, that's a motivation and something that's been in our in our, our consciousness for a long time now. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, um, I, I think whenever we we look at the, the the levels of possession are very interesting because the one right before the perfect possession is indeed obsession, correct? And what do people usually obsess? Very few people obsess in life with things that are good, right? Like nobody's obsessing feeding the homeless, right? Nobody's obsessed with, with that kind of stuff. They're usually obsessed with gambling or sex or something along those lines. And, and that in and of itself is the evil, right? Because that is a negative uh, connotation. So, so what, the, what that person is doing is actually giving over his reason to something that is going to eventually destroy him so and i don't like to use the word tulpa but but i think the idea that you can create your own demons to possess you as well is a very real thing too yep oh absolutely tulpas thought forms i mean you, you talk about poltergeist manifestation that's all that really is mm -hmm. it's a living being a living person who's who manifesting something some type of energy uh unconsciously and is not aware of what's really going on. And, uh, you know, that's why it's so difficult to get rid of a, a poltergeist or a thought form that's uh, causing malcontent. Um, and I've been involved with those. And they are, I've been on cases that, that have lasted for years. Wow. Uh, it just takes, it just takes the actual person, or the, say it's a family group or uh, the person itself, they, they've got to change their ways. They've got to. Mm -hmm. um, that's perfect. <clears throat> dysfunction is probably the biggest part of that. If there's a, a family, oh, yeah. group, there's dysfunction, there's hatred, there's uh, fighting and such and negative energy. I mean, that's the biggest, um, that's the biggest ingredient for, for any type of poltergeist, poltergeist manifestation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it is, it, it's one of, it's one of those things I really hate to get involved with, but it's, you know, sometimes you just got to do it. And uh, especially if it's a child involved, it's a child yeah. involved. That's my first priority. So I'm, you know, yeah. and I've worked with a lot of kids over the years and, um, yeah. you know, it's hard for them to understand what's, what's really going on. And of course, I don't sure. work with a child unless I get the parents permission to do so. But, yeah. you know, the fact is when you start doing that and you start getting them to understand what is really going on. And a lot of times these kids are beacons anyway. They, they, they're, yeah. oh, they're, they've got abilities. They don't know how to control the abilities as they get older and they, they will understand it more. I've, you know, I've had a lot of kids who've grown up to be very good mediums, and very good intuitives. And um, it's, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, and, um, yeah. but no, you know, I, Again, we go back to the whole religious thing. I, you know, I have had people tell, you know, I'm going into situations 
there's a home and there's there's something going on. We don't know exactly what it is at the time. Uh, say I'll suspect there's an attachment. The first thing most people will ask you, well, how religious are you? Well, I'm not religious at all. I mean, what you may consider religious. Yeah. I, I do have good intention. You know, and I think I think good intention is probably 99% of it. I mean, and it's be able to recognize what you're doing. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, a lot of times I've been thrown out of houses when I said I'm not religious. Well, that's fine. That's their prerogative. Yeah. Well, you know, you can be spiritual and not be religious. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's one thing that, uh, you know, a lot of people think. But you can't be religious without being spiritual. So it's weird. Anyway, different subject. But talking about oppression. It, and this is a subject I hear talk a lot about because I are one. Um, <laughs> I, I was uh, a raging, raging alcoholic. I've uh, been three years sober. But talking about obsession, yeah. once you hit that, mm-hmm. like I was obsessed. I didn't care about my family. I didn't care about what I had to do. Mm-hmm. And all I cared about was getting that next drink. Mm-hmm. And had I not changed my obsession by doing what I had to do to get sober, it would have less left or led me to be possessed by an inanimate object mm-hmm. that all it wanted mm-hmm. to do was kill me. Yep. And I mean, it, it's just that simple to break it down, you know, because a lot of people don't understand obsession. Well, look at addicts and alcoholics. Mm-hmm. There, yep. There's your obsession. So it's and it's possession in some cases. Yep. And possession in some cases too. You see, I mean, I grew up uh, in an alcoholic family. I know what that's like to see somebody who was normal and almost a saint one day, and then they turn into some a creature uh, just from this yep. liquid stuff. I mean, it is a terrible thing to see, um, and that is what our society is all about now, right? Uh, you know, now there's things called like generational trauma. Whenever kids are are suffering from the sins of the past. And they're trying to deal with something, and that's not even their sin. It's thrown upon them, right? Like right. they're doing penance for somebody else's problems. Right. Yeah. But uh, I, another point that I want to bring up here too is um, if we were talking about this back in the seventies, whenever um, The Exorcist came out, it would probably be a completely different talk. I think we would all agree on that. What is interesting now is now you have churches of satan coming out right luciferians and things like right. that. yep you mm-hmm. do now have people that are adhering to the the, the you know the opposite uh, of what we would consider uh a good so in, in this very crazy society it's very difficult to discern what is possession and what is religion you know anymore as well too and plus everything else is going on with drugs and alcohol and, and, and we're being inundated by all these different uh, outside um you know it, it could be that you know our culture media is part of the possession as well big time they're influencers yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah and, and whenever they say you know we are legion because we are many we'll look out there mm-hmm. uh, at any time, every place you look, there's all these negative things that are firing at you. You know, we're we're supposed to take care of ourselves now, right? We're supposed to make more money than everybody else. And if the people that we see in the streets, well, gosh darn it, that's their fault. So we pass them over. So we become a product of our time. We start believing in the hype. And after a while, we start becoming the negativity within our world. And that's a frightening mm-hmm. thing. We have that much power, but we absolutely do have that much power. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I have a question about items being getting possessed because that's a little different, right? Because Grizzly has dolls also, but like, no, not just dolls, all kinds of stuff. Do they get possessed or is it something different? Well, they get energy attached to them. Okay. Uh, many times it's not good energy. Yeah. Uh, it's just like when I, I can't go into an antique store anymore. You know, I'm getting bombarded. It's bad as going to a funeral home, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, the lawn, there's, a, there's a trick you can do to that. Just walk in there before you walk in. goes, look, I know you can see me. I know you can hear me. Please back up. Let me walk through. I've had to do that because they will bombard you. You just got to take control. Like, just put your foot down. Like, give them that dad voice. That's enough right now. Let me do what I'm going to do. Leave me alone. If I want to interact with you, I'll interact with you when I'm ready. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I have a theory about that. I've been waiting on the possessed Let's items to come up. <laughs> so antiques stores and people are all, you know, I've been asked, why is it the antiques that are that are haunted or get haunted? Well, let's think. These items, this furniture, this whatever was handmade. When somebody hand makes something, they put their energy into this product. Mm -hmm. Therefore, there is already energy in. Now, you know, they put their, their spirit into their work. A good craftsman does. So yeah. there's energy there. Now, that furniture gets put into somebody's house. Let's say that it's a horrible, horrible house. Well, that energy is going to attract whatever is around it to it mm -hmm. because there's already energy involved in the making of said cabinet. But that's just my opinion. But uh, yeah, You're I, like correct. I like it. And he's very correct yeah, about like that a because um, a lot, and it's funny that we do a lot of stuff that people will have, they'll bring items to us. And, and it's funny, it's always the dolls that always have some pedophile spirit in there. Really? I probably, I, yeah, oh my God, dude, I probably. Um, I removed about 70 pedophiles from little girls' dolls. They like going in there and they like the other spirits that are around that attached to the dolls. Because you guys don't know, dolls were originally made to house the souls of the dead. Okay. Um, so a doll now can take on a spirit form and it will take it. But a lot of times you'll get these, these sick pedophile spirits that'll capture several little boys, little girls, and dolls. And they'll hold them there. And they do not like it when you try to take their children. But I don't care. They're not belonging. They shouldn't be there to begin with. And he's not going to profit from his, you know, his sick mentality. And this this goes back now that when we'll bring the shaman side in. This goes mm -hmm. back generations and generations. Dolls were originally made, like he said, to capture spirits. I didn't know. Oh. But I think he's correct because I've run into some haunted objects that had the that had several children spirits that were trapped in there. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, and it goes back to let's who made the doll? Why did they make the doll? Yep. Who gave who gave this doll? What mm -hmm. intent was behind the gifting of this doll? And I mean, if yep. you go back to slave days, mm -hmm. um, there was a lot that were given to the children 
to keep them with the intent of keeping them subdued or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not, and it's horrible. It's a horrible time to talk about, but by God, we got to talk about it because it happened and it still happened. So I, the intent of what was given to, you know, to the doll, like the Amish, the Amish cannot have facial features on their dolls. They are so creepy. Why? Oh yeah. Look at all That's vanity. Vanity. Yep. Vanity. I mean, I'll tell you what. I've My dealt family with is Amish, so I, I know yeah, that. I, yeah, and yeah. I can tell you this: I have actually dealt with some Amish dolls, and, and some of the Amish people weren't really that nice. Some of them were great people, but they still had their share, like every other you know secular has. But yeah, some of those 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 dolls I've had to deal with are Amish, dude. They got so much; they've got like four or five different entities on them at one time. Mm-hmm. It's just bad ones too. Some of the worst hauntings that I have ever helped or been part of documenting come from Amish and Mennonite households. Yep, I believe it. Because of, uh, you know, it's just part of their dogma to just ignore certain things and not Mm -hmm. to, not, not to air the, the dirty laundry, so to speak. And, um, they some, especially well, I'm I'm near uh, Lancaster County, so I, I've I've seen a few of these. I've, I've talked to people who've been involved with those cases. Uh, my family is Amish. I'm I'm eleventh generation Swiss, uh, Anabaptist, Amish, Mennonite, whatever you want to call it, and uh, that's just that's just part that's just part of what they, you know, what they are, and. Um, it's uh but some of those hauntings are pretty bad and uh as far as having someone come in there to help them uh well that's like pulling teeth i mean Mm -hmm. they gotta have the bishop they gotta have the bishop come in and be a part of that and do they really do anything i don't know that because they're not gonna let you be part of that um i think most um i think most bishops in in the amish or even especially the older orders, um, they do recognize hauntings to a degree. But it, it, it all comes back to simply using what's in the Bible, and that's it. And if they don't, you know, if, if it doesn't conform to what's in the Bible, that's then nothing's going to really get done. Huh. <clears throat> So Brian Barber's asking, so are the dolls get spirits through rituals where people play spirits there, or do spirits just possess them? Well, there's three ways that can happen. Like you said it right. They could they could be put on there by somebody else as a curse. Um, they could just jump to the first object that they feel comfortable going to. A lot of times it's just the first object they see. And it's like they think, okay, most, nobody's gonna be afraid of a little little doll. So that's how they're they're in. As they get in somebody's house and somebody's child, and then they're over there, you know, scaring the hell out of the children. But yeah, there's a uh, my uh, a really good friend of mine, Cindy Kaza. She did a shock doc on Robert the Doll, mm-hmm. and she talks about how Robert the Doll, like all the spirits that were were placed in a voodoo style uh, curse on Robert the Doll. Uh, really good. Check out the shock doc if you get a chance because she talks about it further. But yeah, so again, what's the intent? And it all comes back to intent. That's how anything, in my opinion, 
uh, not that that's man-made gets mm-hmm. a possession is it all starts with the intent. Is it ritual? Of course. You know what he just asked, you know, and I, I'm looking for the comment, but I think, you know, he asked three different things. Well, yes, they're all true. Yeah. I mean, yes. So. But, but can, um, can divination and, um, well, let's just say divination, uh, you know, uh, talisman and such and whatever you, you want to use, even, even someone who, man, I mean, who, Conjures up a, a voodoo doll or or some type of um, talisman or such. Is that always good? I mean, is that always bad or is that no. sometimes good? No, because you look at the how the, the, the reason I know this because my half of my family is from Louisiana, so I know about all the Kunas stuff down there. So yeah, um, yeah. pretty much is there's there's two kinds. There is voodoo, which is it's bad, but it's not like black magic bad. And then you got uh, hoodoo, which is the bad stuff. That's where they have nothing but bad intentions. Everything they do has bad intentions and they take money from other people to make bad things happen to other people. Now, it was the voodoo. Most of the time, it's very rare you'll see somebody that practices voodoo do something where it will harm somebody because they believe it's whatever they put on someone, it comes back, back to them tenfold. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the the hoodoo just don't care. They, don't, they just don't care. Well, I, I mean, hoodoo is basically a bastardized voodoo. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. when you're involved with the Creole religions and, and all the different aspects of these religions in, in the Caribbean and, you know, around the Gulf and such. Uh, and I look, I've looked into a lot of that over the years. I've, you know, I've, I've been involved with cases that required me to to look into certain types of um, certain types of Creole religions and in in the the aspects of them and and what people believe, because look, when, when you have a client who believes in something that's evil, it's pretty hard to convince them otherwise. Right. Unless you, they, you show them some alternative and, um, but uh, yeah, it's, um, that's, that's all I had to say about it. I'm just saying that, the, you know, the, the Creole religions and, you know, it, of course, yeah. all this comes from West Africa and all that. And, you know, it was kind of developed to the point it is with a little bit of uh, Catholicism and a little bit of this, and a little bit of that mixed into it. And it was yeah. kind of a, a it was kind of a survival <laughs> mechanism by the slaves. Yeah. And it kind yeah. of evolved into other other levels. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, sometimes it has gotten to a point where, yeah, it can be dangerous. All right, I got a question. <laughs> so, I have been watching people conjure people out of money. We'll say, Mr. Murphy, mm-hmm. he's heartbroken, he's on his down on his luck, his love left him for a hundred bucks. I will cast a spell to bring that woman back to her knees. And they conjure stuff up with ointments, oils, herbs, hair, candle. all kinds of stuff, and put it on a candle and chant and cast mm-hmm. spell. What in the hell are they doing? Yeah. All right. And this comes oh. in. I live in the Appalachians. I'm up here in the Appalachian Mountains. Huh. And we have hoodoo here. 
And <laughs> one of them, one of our one something that we're taught from a child. Like if we comb our hair, we have to dispose of that hair properly. Oh yeah. Because if mm-hmm. somebody gets a hold of it, they can they can do whatever they want. And that, you know. So yeah, because that's part of your essence, that's part of your energy. Who's to who you, you can't tell me that my hair follicles are not vibrating at the same vibration that I am and they don't have my energy because it took my energy to grow them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do they right. do? It I mean, you you were raised up in a culture like I, I was. I mean, you were Appalachian folk magic. I was powwowing up in Pennsylvania, and you know, I, you know, my family was was a long line of powwows. Uh, yeah. In fact, my great uncle was Nelson Raymeyer of the Hex Murders, so I, I that's part of you know that's part of my tradition. But nice. I do understand a lot of that, and uh, it's um, you know it. Belief, belief is a strong thing. Yeah. Oh God, yes. And, and you get, you start getting people uh, indoctrinated into something like that, and then of course you got uh, individuals who uh, take advantage of that. That that tends to be an issue. Uh, but yeah, I understand what you're talking about because look, my I had family from from uh, the Smoky Mountains. Yep. And I had family up here in Pennsylvania, and I, I understand the cultures mixing and everything involved mm-hmm. with it. So, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I get it. I mean, um, there's just yep. some, you know, we're getting into a topic that's just so much and so deep. That's yep. why I've tried. I've tried not to get too into it because you yeah. can do a whole series of yeah. podcasts yeah. on the app. I, I was do just here curious because I, yeah. I mean, when I saw this, I was like, "Are you crazy?" And, yeah, and I saw what, what they were doing, and, and, and i tell you what was strange. I'll give you two examples, and we'll, we'll go back. First example, I was intrigued, and when I went to this room, the person that was working on this stopped and looked right at me. I was like, oh, hell no. I backed out. And then the person <laughs> was like, and I'm like, nah, that, that, that there's no way. So I waited, and I went back in, and she stopped again mm-hmm. and started looking. And I'm like, you got to be joking. And I back back out. And then she's looking. And it's like, does she really pick it up on my energy? Oh, big and I'm time. Like, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. and, <laughs> and I'll say this about the mountain. Um, go ahead. So then this gets better. And I ain't gonna throw anybody underneath the bus. So then I go into this other's part when this girl is doing the same thing. And I'm like, I can't pick up on her energy. I'm like, something's wrong. So I asked somebody else to go in there and see if they can pick up on energy. And they're like, I think they got a block on them. I'm like, you do what? Yeah. And I'm like, shut the front door, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that I'm like, hey, that's and, crazy. And Grizzly, it's not that hard to do, if, if, especially being an empath medium like I am. Dude, you learn. And it's funny. You pick up on energy so well. It's like, say if I walked in a room at Automatically, I didn't like your energy. First thing I would do, I'd block you. Where you couldn't pick up on my energy, but I could tell everything about you, your energy-wise, because I blocked you, because you haven't learned how to block yourself yet. Well, and and the biggest thing here in the mountains, uh, and a lot that's why a lot of people don't know about the magic here in these mountains, because, nah, baby, we Christian. Yeah. Uh, But they'll be the first one to put a a juju on your ass, too. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I was just talking to a police officer the other day that was from uh, um, Virginia. He was on from uh, the uh, Virginia uh, uh, Tennessee border, right? And uh, they have something called, I think they were called sour jars, yep. where if somebody had done you wrong, you get their hair and you tie it in a red ribbon. You get a yep. picture of them, and even went mm -hmm. as far as getting the offenders underwear, and you take them mm -hmm. together. You put did you say together. underwear? underwear? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Anything yes. that person came in contact with, right? Can be used. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yep. And then you put it to a bottle, and you apparently urinate into the bottle. You know, sour yep. it up. You know, you put yep. a plug on it, and then you bury it. So uh, yep. your intentions then are buried away and whatever happens, happens. But you're right. Um, we This is a Christian society, right? And there's a lot of instances where, you know, very evil things are happening in the name of God, right? That, that, oh, God, well too, so, I mean, yeah. every religion out there has did something in the name of their religion to make themselves look better and make other people if you want to look at example, look what the, the Christians did with all the Native Americans. They wouldn't let them, wouldn't let them keep their hair, wouldn't let them speak their language, wouldn't not let them worship the way they wanted to, because the Christians didn't like the way they worship. So they, yeah, that was a lot of, a lot of the name of, of religion has been to hurt other people. Well, there's one, there's there's one way that I. And if you don't know, you don't know. But there, here's a way that uh, here in the mountains that they twist religion with magic we can talk the fire out of a burn yep. but we say it comes out of the bible it's out of ezekiel but supposedly but uh, i mean i've got an ant that can talk a wart off of your hand or your body Do you uh, yeah really? oh yeah i can talk the fire out of a burn but yes. uh, we don't talk about it we say oh that just comes from the bible yeah 100 <laughs> yeah that's right no People are asking for mountain stories from you guys. Uh -huh. People are like, I, I'm going to mass. They want to know. They're going to church. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, I think mountain stories is 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 another another show because yeah. we have traditions oh, around God, here, yeah. wendigos and shapeshifters. Yeah. And how our ghosts operate on the world is different uh, to other ones. You know, the idea of mm -hmm. whistling and, and hearing your name called and all that. If you stuff. hear your name called in the Appalachians, no, you didn't. That's exactly right. That's right. Uh, yes, uh, and, and no whistling, nothing like that as well. So, especially yeah, at night. That's right. That's right. Yep. But uh, it, it, unfortunately, not a lot of that has to do with uh, do not, uh, our, our show's topic. But uh, it is interesting stuff. If you no. want to do a show on Appalachia, I, I would gladly I, jump on. Back. I just wrote oh, it down. I wrote it down. So I got good stories there. about that too from my Native American side. Man, I'm gonna have to get my crystal bows out. out, my tuning <laughs> forks, and, Holy water. and my anointing oil and everything. My hey, Lord. Hey, Grizzly, one easy thing you can do, dude, go take your bath, put a little sea salt in your hand, rub it on, take your shower bath. There, cleanse that negative energy off you, brother. I'm going to roll in it. I think hey, you should. You, hey, all, you, all you need is essence, brother. It's just the essence of it. A little bit goes a long way. <laughs> I, I don't think there are many people who have helped others to try to move things on or try to uh, help with an attachment where, you know, you get into a really, really hard case where you think just nothing's working at all. 
I don't think too many people are beyond using some type of divination or some type of manifest or, or some type of um, uh, conjuring of some type. I've yeah, done and, it. I'll admit it. I, yeah, I've and, used and, you know, dress candles and yep. and done candle magic and you know made talisman and uh, yeah. you know use the. Uh, uh, the seventh, the sixth, and seventh book of Moses, and everything else—it's all right. part of a lot of things yeah. that. You and, know, and that what we, you're what you're doing there, Lon, is you're building up positive energy, which will take away from that negative. It's absolutely. like a lot of times I tell my clients, it's like, all right, think of something that makes you laugh. If you got kids, think about something your kids did that still make you laugh to this day. Play your favorite music. It puts that positive change back in the atmosphere. And evil hates positive. They really do. And they will back away. The more positive energy you put out there, you're drawing from them. They can't bring more negative energy unless you stop doing what you're doing. Uh, off off topic, somebody earlier in the chats basically asked, do, uh, do we assist other people or do we just go do our own thing? Uh, speaking for myself, I do assist other people. Well, yes, me too. If they need it, you know, just reach out. Yeah, I mean, I I do. I can't speak for everybody else, but yes, we I assist other people. Yes, we get calls all the time. Me and me and uh, Brandon do about yep. helping other teams that don't know what's going on. I, I couldn't tell you how many cases <laughs> we've done on a phone call because we're a thousand miles away from the person is, mm -hmm. but. They know of our reputation that we can help, so they'll call myself a Brandon a lot. And I, I, I probably get at least 10 calls a week from somebody asking for help. Wow. What are some – I I like to hear about the, the spooky parts. Like what are the craziest things that have actually happened to people, like levitation or oh. – and also where do – they go do they go into a dreamland so they don't know or are they in a a bad dream or i know sometimes they're aware because you can call them out but i always wondered where they went when they're getting possessed okay you mean the person itself that was actually in the body that's gotten taken over yeah i do believe they're pushed back into the subconscious okay um and they're held like in a prison in their own mind okay um, but that's just, you know, doing this for lots and lots of years. And plus I have a master's degree in psychology. So I'm a little bit, a little bit of crazy to not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it really happens is once they get to a certain point where they're just, they're not themselves no more and they've basically given up and yeah. now the, uh, the spirit has want them to do whatever they want to with them because they're I not like fighting back anymore. I liken it to kind of somebody being in a coma. Like, yeah, and, you, exactly. know, you know, when, when they come out of the coma, they're like, I knew you were here. Yeah. I knew you were around me, but I just couldn't do anything. Okay. So that's kind of how I explain I agree it. with you, Brandon. Hmm. Hmm. I was just wondering. Because the movies, they show all kinds of stuff, but I was just. He doesn't like the movies. No, 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 it's not. It really it's, isn't. I mean, it's worse. It, oh, yeah. it, it can get oh. very much worse. Um, oh. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I I have been, and I think I've told uh, Chris this before. I have been on cases where I've literally seen priests run out of homes. Oh, yeah. big time. 
you know, just run run right out the damn door and, you know, I'd say a word and go, you know. Um, I saw one run out so fast one day, Lon, he tripped over his own feet, rolled about 10 times, dropped about five F-bombs and got in his car. <laughs> it was so funny to me. Gosh. It yeah, like, it happens. It yeah, happens. It and, unfortunately, you know, you know, it, it's not a rap on priests because there are certain priests that are trained how to do this. But you, your your neighborhood priest is not trained to do that. And the fact nope. that people do call them and, and out of good intention that they will come to the house and, you know, they'll be very uh apprehensive about what they're about to see or do or possibly see or do yeah. and uh, it's a shock to them and uh you know i had one tell me one time you know he ran out the door and when i i went when i left the house he was still standing out there and i asked him i said you know have you ever done this before he said no he said i've never seen anything like that i never felt anything like that yeah. uh and quite frankly i even if my bishop asked me to come to another place and, you know, I won't do it. I just flat out refuse to do it. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's. Um, What's the goal? Is it to get their soul or is there a bigger goal that they want something here on earth or. So it's actually, you know, I guess that's, the, I guess that's the $64,000 question. Mm -hmm. What do they really want? Do they want your soul? I don't know if that's even true. I I, I think, uh, it, I think it's to the, something to where they can do it, and they just want to that you know they can do it. Uh, they mm -hmm. can possess you to a point where you know it's you know they can control you, and uh, I, mm -hmm. I think I, I think that has a lot to do with it. Now. I'm not necessarily saying it's, it's demons because, like I said before, I don't really buy into all that. But when you have it, when you have an entity that either was previously human, or earthbound, or or something way beyond that that was never human and from another level or another realm, uh, I just think it, it comes to a point where look. There's something, there's an area where they can go into and they can survive. They can live off the, the, the negative energy. They can oh, okay. um, they can exist. They can take what they want. They can continue there. But when it gets to a point where they can't do that anymore, well, they just move on. They just find someplace else. And that is biblical as well, too. Yeah, I know that you said you're not, you know, strongly uh, focused on the Bible, but yeah, it says as much in the Bible as well, too. Um, but uh, the thing about we were just talking about, see, I was just lost my train of, train of thought because you're doing such a good job. Oh, yeah. About like, what do they want? Right. Um, well, as a cradle Catholic, you know, someone that's been around the church, altar boy, all that good stuff. And I've only had good experiences, never anything negative. You know, <laughs> we often forget about the term of uh, spiritual warfare, right? A lot of yep. people have heard that term, especially down south, that there is this constant battle simply because they're two opposing forces, right? And I think there's oh, a yeah. lot to be said about that as well, too. Uh, just to cause turmoil. Uh, and also, what does it cause? It causes doubt. And <laughs> doubt is the greatest enemy to religion. Oh, you have a doubt. 
Um, it, it's hard. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure if it is about souls. It's, it, it's about upheaval, I think, more than anything. And uh, Amy on here had a good point as well, too, about the priest, right? So um, yeah, your your local priest might come out and check out what's going on, but they usually don't send those kind of guys out. You know, you got to get those Jesuits out there, right? These guys are like the Marine Corps of the Catholic <laughs> Church. Uh, they have to go to school for as long as it takes to become a medical doctor. Think about that for a second. Yeah. That is an extreme amount of education. Um, yeah. I remember whenever I was an altar boy, there was this one priest. He was born, I think it was in the 1880s. I mean, he was old and he was already, uh, uh, you know, let's just put it, he's seen some things, right? He's been through some battles and he was actually trained as a priest to do exorcists. So at one time, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s, you know, priests were trained in such a thing. And then that kind of fizzled out. But I think whenever you look at the world around you more and more, you do see evidence of not only, you know, I think any warfare you see is a type of spiritual warfare because it's the imagined good against the imagined evil. So, yeah. I definitely want to say thank you for speaking so highly of the Marines because wow. I am I am a Marine. There you so, go. There you go. Thank you very much. I'm yeah. sorry I had to say That's that. That's right. If, if I'm being confronted by anything negative, I want either a Marine there or a Jesuit. Hmm. Or Grizzly. <laughs> or Grizzly. Yeah. You know, you know, Ron, this is something funny. Um, I'm one of the few pagans that actually can do uh, a Catholic ritual right as an exorcism. Uh, I'm one of the very few that is a pagan that I, but I can do the right. I am wow, legally wow. authorized to do the right. And I was, uh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But I use, when I go to a house, it's like, if they want to know religion, I can be any religion they want me to because mm-hmm. I've studied every one mm-hmm. to understand what they want for their house. Right. But I always, I always, I do a mixture of mine because I very strong Native American beliefs because they've never did me wrong during mm-hmm. when I'm doing a, a cleansing. And so I'll do the Christian right that they want, but in my head, I'm saying I'm talking to the great spirit. I'm talking to my spirit animals. I'm talking to everybody I can in my head, but I'm making sure these people are comfortable in their own homes. Mm-hmm. We got another guest, the kitty cat. Hi, kitty cat. Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah. yeah. yeah so <laughs> anytime somebody yeah. says kitty cat, I, I think that's it's Vinny. Poopers. That's Hi, my Vinny. Uh, that's my mouse killer. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a cute kitty. That's an 18-year-old kitty? Goodness, I thought you had a cat. Like a so, kitten. Uh, he, I, call, I call him Vinny the Knife because he is, when, when there's uh, when there's a rodent around, boy, you don't want to get near with this guy. I mean, he, he, you yeah, go he's cat. <laughs> I have a question. When people use the Ouija board, and I've, I've read there's a certain name that <laughs> always... Everybody's faces. Well, it, it starts, it's a Z-U-Z-U. Zuzu. Oh, Zuzu. Oh, my God. You started. Yeah, that, I didn't say it. No, um, but we did. I think we think it's funny. Go ahead. It's Zuzu. it's brought up all over the world. And I, I don't, I think that's interesting. Are there certain negative energies or demons that do like to just bother certain people a certain way? Like it's their outlet to attack people that way? Yeah, what they do is they go for the weakest link, for one. Yeah, They look somebody who's susceptible, somebody that just came out of a relationship, or somebody that just had a loss. They're looking for those ends. 
And when people are at their lowest, that's when they take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. And at first they come out all nice to you, like, you know, they're the best thing in the world. And then the next thing you know, it goes from Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. And then it stays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is a, a ZUZU? I'm not saying it's, it's a, it's, <laughs> a ZUZU. You already okay. did it. What the heck? Okay, <laughs> this thing, like, let me tell you where, where this origin came from. Zozo. Okay? Ah. Zozo. Um, this origin came back from Roman times, and it was technically the name of a soldier that was in the Roman army. Well, he was about to die, so he put a curse on not only his enemies, but his whole his whole army to go with it. So the oh. name Zozo. And there's just one story that the other one says that he was a child of Lilith, who was you know originally Adam's first wife, and that's what I heard. Said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that story goes back. I mean, you might have heard it twenty different ways, but that's just two historical ones that I do know about where the mm-hmm. name Zozo came from. And then one particular television program oh, used yeah. that as the iconic demon for. Oh every- my god! Yeah, so that's really what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Into the mainstream, and you have to understand that same person that brought that name into the mainstream also brought the idea of the Dybbuk box into our. Oh, that's another story. Yeah. We should yeah. talk about. And I do, I do want to say Zozo didn't show up in mainstream until 1940s. There you go. He was, yep. he was right. yeah, yeah. So he was supposedly the one that possessed Ronald Doe. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah. you, you know, you, you feel free to look that up. We don't need to go into it, but he didn't. Yeah, Zozo didn't come around in the American lexicon until 1940s. Okay. Yeah. Well, I you did. know, too, too, he was supposed to be conjured up by one of Hitler's cronies, too. So, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> if you guys have information about the divot box, I'm very interested. We can talk about that. I don't talk about this. Really? No, I'm out on this one. Yep. Oh, okay. I've never dealt with one, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I mean, much know about the, it. I, I know the original story of the original case, but actually, I, I, I think it's kind of evolved out of different different stories. It's a Jewish together. thing, right? It was yeah. a box, right? It was, it was, it was, a, um, it was a Jewish uh, cup box, basically, what they used to uh, when they did rituals. And uh, I've seen a couple, but uh, this thing, this particular box was supposedly haunted or possessed or whatever. And, uh, uh, you know, the original box itself, I think, has been sold and resold so many times. Right. But in fact, I think Christie's, I think Christie's actually had it in one sale at one point. but uh, yeah, yeah, the Dybbuk box. It's uh, it's it's a crazy story. It really is. But you know, you know, when you go back and, and talk about Ouija boards, now, I I hate Ouija boards. Yeah, me too. And I've told this story so many times. But you know, I it there's just something about it. I had I had an encounter with one as a as a high school kid, and uh, I saw something that really shook me. And involved the Ouija board, and there were other people that were witness to it. And um, mm-hmm. and after that, I just had no inclination of ever um, fooling with one. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I've told a lot of this before. I had a my father owned a hobby shop. Mm-hmm. Our family owned a hobby shop, so he, you know, you go into a, a family hobby shop, and they got all kinds of stuff to sell. But we used to sell Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, boy, we used to hear a lot of crap about that. Even back in the when I was a kid, back in the sixties, sure. we heard all kinds of we heard all kinds of crap about I bet that. You did, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but as you know, it's you know back then it was just a game. Basically, people didn't really take it for what it could do, or you know how it could manifest. But uh, you know, it's. Well, hell, long it says for eight, 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 eight and up. So, heck, you well, can get your eight year old playing one. Go ahead, son. Call a demon. I will tell you one, one cool thing about Ouija boards. They were invented in Baltimore, Maryland, and there's a 7 Eleven in Baltimore that's got a plaque because it's the first place a Ouija board was ever used. It wasn't a 7 Eleven then, obviously. I but, didn't know that's where yeah, I'm from. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, actually, the guy who the guy who owned the company lived in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know uh, when he uh, sold it to, I think it was the Baltimore Novelties Company or something yep. like that. Yep. And uh, but yeah, they, they're, they're the ones that got the the original uh, rights to that thing, and uh, of course Parker brother bought it later on, and you know others have built. It was a, it was a dating it was a dating game. Exactly. <laughs> Originally, it was exactly. No way. Yeah, a lot yeah. of things. Mitchell sucking us today. Me I used answer. to have this arg. I used to have this argument, and and Ron knows knew uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and her, her and I used to argue about this all the time. Oh, she thought, you know, you know, she thought the Ouija boards were, you know, she, she thought they were great, you know, and I just thought, oh god, I can't even get near one of those damn things. Uh, you know. Because they will hold energy. I mean, just oh, I mean, God, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, people don't realize that. You take this thing, play with it, throw it underneath the bed, and that's it. Well, that, that might not have happened, cause a problem later on. But then again, it may no. very well do that. Mm. But it's, uh, yeah, it's almost and like an egregore effect. <laughs> yeah. With uh, which boards are a lot like egregore effect. You know, there's so many people out there putting their energy into it. Mm. It's like the rake. The rake yeah. didn't exist, and now it does. Mm. That's know? when you I, I go to a conference, and this is what I hate. If I go to a conference, there's always somebody selling old Ouija boards. Every <laughs> time. The old wooden ones or the old game type or whatever. And I cannot get near that table. Right. I can uh, you talk and and uh my my buddy Sean Forker and I were at the uh phenomenology up in Gettysburg back in 2013. And uh we're sitting at our table and this guy comes in late beside us and he's putting all these Ouija boards and stuff out there, and I'm thinking, oh my god. And I had to go to the other side. I had to go to the other side of the table. Thank God oh. we had two tables. But uh, yeah, it, it it does affect me. I don't know, you know, is it psychosomatic? I don't. But it, it does bother me. Just throw your block out there, you know, and uh, that's what I do. So, call upon your ancestors because you have at least seven generations on both sides. Call them and have them circle you. That way, it protects any energy coming from that towards you. Okay. And that way, you can keep that thing bounced off like a shield. Can you say that one more time so I can not mess it up? Oh, yeah. No problem. <clears throat> Call upon your ancestors because you have seven generations on both sides, mom and dad, okay, always with you. That is their job. And have them put a, 
a, a circle around you to protect you from that, like like a shield from those any energy coming off those Ouija boards. Because exactly. we all know anything that you've ever touched before leaves an energy statement on there. So yeah. how many people have left their energy statements on there and how many spirits have come through that board that have not went back and they're still clinging to that board? Mm -hmm. All right. That's true. Hmm. All right. And thank you for coming on. Yes. Well, thank you for having I enjoyed me. everything about this. It was fun. We, we definitely have a lot of Ron. What's that? It's been a while since I've seen you. It has, and I'm glad to see that we're on the same show here. We'll have to get together here pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll have to uh, do the show on the Appalachians, though. Uh, I think yeah. that's an amazing thing. You guys always do a good oh job. I always, you know. I'm going to do that, and then we also still have to do the werewolf show. Absolutely. <laughs> and I do want to give a shout out to Tammy Johnson. Today's her birthday. There are young girls. Happy, so happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Oh my God. Happy I birthday, love that, dear Tammy. <laughs> happy birthday to you. She always right. There we go. There, Tammy. Let's happy birthday. On. I didn't forget about you, hon. Hey, Tammy, that's yes. pretty cool because I, I, y'all, I, I got to tell this on, on air. I just became a great uncle for the first time today. My oh, nephew, congratulations, baby, baby girl, and she is Aww. healthy and she is beautiful. So, that's oh, fun. that's great. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, Brandon is rolling around in his. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Do you like? Yeah, sage. <laughs> <laughs> I know Brandon too well, so. <laughs> <laughs> when you mentioned Devin Box, he's like, uh-uh, mm -mm, nope, mm -mm, nope. So, uh, yeah, Ronald, how does I'd people still like to see you? one myself. <laughs> what, a sage? I'm, I've never actually seen one. Oh, so. a Devin Box, yeah. I've just seen uh, him on TV and pictures, but I've never been up next to one. Yeah. I've seen I've them. I've met some of my person. Jewish friends. It's like they've ever had one in their house, and most of them look at like, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Ronald, uh, how do people find you and uh, get a hold of you? Yeah, Facebook, you know, Ronald L. Murphy Jr. Go on Facebook. Uh, find my books on uh, Amazon, you know, Ronald L. Murphy Jr. there as well, too. Uh, you can email me at, again, Ronald L. Murphy, J-R, at yahoo.com. That's my actual email address. And uh, I would love to talk to anybody that wants to reach out there and agree with me, disagree, whatever. We'll have a conversation. Oh, awesome. And Blaine. Let's see. You can find me on Facebook. I'm the only Blaine Rohan on Facebook. You wow. can go to our YouTube page. We actually have two. We have the Haunted Syndicate is one of them. And the other one is Family Spirit International. And uh, we, like I said, we do a show on Monday nights on Brandon's network called Family Spirit International. So that's how you get a hold of me. Interesting. And Mr. Lon. Uh, FamsTheMonsters.com. Daily blog. Been doing it now 18 years. Wow. Uh, Fam's Monster Sporting Research, which we've been real busy, I swear to God. I mean, it's like 2024 is going to be crazy. I'm just telling you all right now. Uh -oh. uh, but, uh, yeah, we're working on cases even in the, in the cold weather because we've got wow. these cryptid canine cases showing up left and right here in south central Pennsylvania. We're working on six cases right now, actually. Wow. Oh, my God. 
Um, I got one in Somerset County yesterday, Ron, so I can talk to you about that at some point. Are they they considering those like demon dogs or they're considering like werewolf type animals? You know, I don't know what the hell they are. I mean, you know, we get all different types and shapes and sizes and you know, people think they're werewolves or somebody thinks they're something else, but no, we're working on a lot of these cases. And um, some of the witness testimony has been pretty interesting. So, um, but, uh, no, and uh, my, my uh, YouTube channel is Phantoms of Monsters uh, Radio, so you can find that on YouTube. Just search it. Uh, my books are on Amazon. Uh, I've written nine books. There are four in print right now, and they're on audiobooks. So uh, there you go. Awesome. And Brandon, welcome back from your bath from Sage. And how did everybody get a hold of you and everything? Well, that Pepsi ran right through me. Sorry, guys. That's all right. <laughs> um, uh, uh, my personal page, Brandon Cooper. Yeah, it's a picture of me with a really big bonfire behind me, and I'm acting dumb. So you can find me there or at Shaman Sundays on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I think that's it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in tonight. It was been a pleasure. Guys. And uh, can't wait for the next one. For coast to coast and around the world. Good night, everybody. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.